bring a message I titled, The Godly Mother. That's God's cornerstone for the family. Holy Spirit, I ask that you minister to us today by your spirit and share with us from heaven the words of this life. In Jesus' name, amen. Put that scripture up for me. I'm going to make you stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down, now stand up. I need you to say this with me before I start preaching. Please repeat it, it's very important. To me it is very, very important. Let's say it together. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Can everyone say amen with me? You will never be able to turn away from his word. Amen? Please be seated. And right now your ears are the ears of the learned. It's as if you have already been taught. By the Holy Spirit. And that's what God is giving to you. Amen. Today we are here to worship our God. And uh, to honor our mothers. And it's a happy day. But for some people. It's not a very joyous day. Many are not able to be happy. Because their mom is no longer here. The mom is gone, and this is a time where they fully are aware of the fact mama is no longer here with us. So it's not a very joyous time. Some are not happy. The mothers, but their children, they're no longer in contact with their children. Their children don't call, don't show appreciation, and that's a very painful time. I know that some mothers somewhere is saying, I wish they would only just call. Just to say hello. And that's a very painful thing. To have a child who doesn't ever contact you. And you're more aware of it. In a day like this. Where people are celebrating their mothers. It's a very painful time. But I pray that God will comfort you. And let you know that he's there with you. He never leaves you. He'll never forsake you. And then there are those who today is also painful because they would like to be a mother. I want to be a mother, but it's not possible. I want to let you know the Bible says, Is anything too hard for the Lord? Is there anything that is too hard for God to do? In my belief is this. For any woman of God... Who wants to be pregnant? It's possible. God can give you a child. You can have one. I don't care what's happened to you. I don't care what's happened in your life in the past. My eyes have actually witnessed a woman that went to the doctor while she was a, a child. A, a young girl. She said, I don't want any child. And she just cut everything out. 
And they did surgery. They cut everything. Cut the womb back. Cut everything out. And then later in life, she got saved. And fell in love with uh, a youth pastor. And pastors always want a kid. <laughs> At least a kid. And so she said, I, I can marry him. There's no way I can marry him. Because I, I can't have a child. And I know he's going to want one. They always want one to take over their ministry. When they're no longer able to do it. And so she ran away from him. And was gone for a long time. Because he was going to pop the question. And she didn't want to face that, that issue. And then she met a man of God. And she was saying, you know, I'm in love with this guy. Because that was up there in her mind. Very painful. I would, she really wanted to marry the, this man. And, and the man said, what's the problem? You love him? She says, yes, I love him. But why don't you marry him? I, you know, I can't give him a child. He said, why? She said, you know, I, I can't give him a child. She, he said, why? What happened? Why can't you give him a child? She said, well, I, cut, I, I went to the doctor. I was silly when I was young. So I went to the doctor and they cut everything out. And she said, he said, but you can still have a child. She said, how? She, he said, you want one? And he, she said, yes. He said, well, let's pray. God will give you a child. And he laid his hands on her stomach and started praying for her. And she said she was feeling some heat in her stomach. I actually, it happened to two women. I actually saw one of them with the baby in hand. In a service. There is nothing that God cannot do. So if that's a pain in your heart, open up. Let God work in your life. Don't rule everything out and say, it's over. There is no family life without man. God made it very clear from the beginning. I don't know if you know this. Many of us, we've read in the scripture, God said to Adam after he created a man, he said, we believe on the day he created Adam, he said, be fruitful and multiply. Did you know that God didn't say those words until Eve was, was with Adam? Read Genesis chapter 1, 27, 28. God blessed them both. That means Eve was already there. That means God never pronounced the word to, upon Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth, have dominion. Adam had heard none of those words until after God had created Eve. And Eve was standing. Read the scriptures. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, 28. So dominion in the home and prosperity, that comes through the woman. In the home. Uh, Eve was not born, was not created just to be a companion for Adam. In fact, Genesis, I believe Genesis 20 says that she was to be the mother of all living. So God knew that was the main purpose. We can't distort that today. If you can't produce, it's not a marriage. Hello? If you can't have children because of the union, that's not marriage. Call it what you like, America. It's not marriage. And that marriage is not going to be blessed. God blesses a, a man and a woman when they are together in this union 
because there is the potential to have a child. God, it says, and then the Lord blessed them and said to them. And that's why a blessing comes after you get married. The Bible says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Young people don't get in a hurry. It's called find. You have to find, okay? Don't just go pick anything there. It's, it, find a wife, not just a woman. He who finds a wife, amen, not he who finds a woman. So young people don't get in a hurry. Look for a wife, not just a woman. But when you have found a wife, you found a good thing, and you will obtain favor from God. The blessings will begin to flow. Amen. After I got married, I went to the Lord. I said, now I've completed that mission. Where is the favor? <laughs> I need my favor right now. And if you've not done that, man, you'll be missing out on something. Go back to your closet and begin to talk to God. I got her. I need favor. That's what your word says. So the blessings will flow. You know, the woman in the covenant, I want to talk about that. The woman in the covenant that changed the world. The woman in the covenant. I began to see that when God's about to do something great, He may be the father, but He's talking to a woman. Amen? Motherhood is so precious. He said, it's the seed of the woman that's going to what? Bruise the head of Satan. So the woman's role in the family, in family life is so strong. Because if, that, if she's not there taking a place, the Son of God will not be here. Nor of Mary. The angel had to talk to her. The place of the woman in the home is so important. No Mary, we won't have the Savior. Amen. So God goes to the woman. And God's always speaking to the woman because out of a woman will come kings. If she understands her role. You know, when God spoke to, to Abraham, and God picked Abraham out of everyone in the earth, I'm going to make an everlasting covenant with you. And it's an everlasting covenant because through Abraham we have Jesus. It's an everlasting covenant, a relationship that cannot be broken with you. And when God was making his covenant with Abraham, he changed Abraham's name. He said, you call Abraham, you're no longer going to be called Abraham. You'll be called Abraham. And I'm going to make this covenant with you. And this is going to be the mark of the covenant in your life, which is circumcision. But you will think God will quit because he's dealing with the man. No, God went straight to the woman. And he said things that he never said while he was speaking to Abraham. I'd like you to read the scripture. In Genesis chapter 17, verse 15, and 16, it says, Then God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife. No, if he just changed his name. If it's Abraham, God just changed his name to Abraham. Now God is speaking to Abraham. He's saying, Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I'm going to change the name. 
So God is speaking about the woman. And then he says, and I will bless her. And also give you a son by her. Then, after the son, then I will bless her. The son is born, then I will bless her. And she shall be a mother of nations, kings of peoples shall be from her. You know what God was talking about? Jesus has made us what? Kings and priests unto our God. Kings from every nation. Every tribe. God's in the business of building, making kings. When you become a child of God, you become a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. God transforms you. That's why I've been telling our church, if you are a Christian, you are not ordinary. That's the truth. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. You have been born of God. And the one who, is, who has your DNA in you is greater than all. You came from over there. So he's telling us through Sarai, kings are going to come from her. Not just kings from the children of Israel, but he's talking about nations. So the woman's place, this was an everlasting covenant. When God comes into your home, the woman's place in that home is so crucial as to what's going to happen to the kids. That's the point. The role of a woman in the home, that's why I believe God was talking. He never said that to Abraham. It was when he was talking about Sarah that he started talking about kings coming from these nations. I've noticed great people, and you can see them, there's always a great influence from mom. I watch bas- basketball a lot. And you see all these great guys. And I keep hearing, Hi, Mom! And I'm wondering, where's Dad? <laughs> so all you hear is, Mom, 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 Mom. And even if the home is broken, but the mother decides to stay and stand in a place. Guess what happens to this child? He becomes a great son. He becomes a great son. You know, I'm going to say something about what Abraham Lincoln said. He said, I remember my mother's prayers. And they followed me. So, apparently he saw and heard his mother praying for him. And you know what that did to him? He gave him confidence. He said, my mother's prayers, they followed me. Everywhere I went, my mother's prayers, I heard them. Pray and let your kids hear that you're praying for them. Let them see what you really desire. He said, they followed me. That's everywhere he went. They have clung to me all my life. My mother's prayers clung to me. She prayed to God, but the prayers clung to him. And that's why he had confidence. Read about Abraham. It could have been somebody who was so, he could have been so discouraged and never even attempt trying to be a president. And now, 
He is one of the greatest presidents of the United States. And what was he basing his life on? My mother's prayer. Nobody told him to say that. He knew it. That mother's influence. The mother has the greatest influence. It's like my wife said this morning, the womb for nurturing. To bring forth the baby and the breast. All of that. This, that God, what we see in the natural, that's what God is demonstrating in the spiritual realm. That's what he's saying. A mother's role in the life of a kid is so important. Henry Ward Beecher, this is what he said. The mother's heart is the, is the child's schoolroom. The mother's heart, that's the child's schoolroom. They're learning a lot. From mom. When you see a child nursing, they, they're nursing, but guess what they do? They're looking. Looking at mom's eye. They don't have, they, we guys don't have that privilege, okay? <laughs> we don't have that. But to you, it's like they're staring into a space or something. But spiritually, there is something going on there that only God knows. But when a mother reverses her goodness to the child, watch out for that child. A bad mother, oh gosh. Watch out for that child. Broken, destroyed, costs society a lot. Because the mother has not played a role. I saw, I read a story about a, a child, this is the reverse of this, who was in prison and... Uh, was very unhappy, and I'd heard from other prisoners and everything. The mother visited, and uh, yeah, he said, they were making conversation. He said, Mom, there was a little place where I said, put your finger in there. Just point, put your finger in there. <laughs> and she did. He beat her finger. He just said, you didn't, you didn't discipline me properly. You didn't do all of it. If you had done your job, I wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't be here today. That's the mother's school room. I started thinking as God was ministering to me, preparing this message, something came into my head and I started thinking. You know about Jacob and Esau? Jacob and Esau? Twins. Twins. He says the father, Isaac, loved Esau. But the mother loved Jacob. Guess who turned that well? Which of the two turned that well? Jacob. The one that the mother loved. Don't understand what happened there. But that's what the scripture tells us. The mother paid more attention to, J to J uh, Jacob. And looked at how he turned. Now God is called after Jacob. Not Esau. Because the mother, Rebecca, decided that's the one. And I'm going to focus on this one child. God is God of Abraham, Isaac, and, and Jacob. And yet Esau was the firstborn. So the mother's heart, that's the child's schoolroom. Your responsibility as a mother is so grave and so great. You must never take it lightly. Those few words of prayer for your kids 
They are very important. You know, you see principles in God's word that make sense. I used to wonder, why is it that Jesus didn't heal any child except there was somebody of authority that's asking him to? Read the scriptures. You'll never find Jesus healing any child without somebody who has authority over that child asking him to do it. It never happened. And you know, remember the story where he went into the home and the, the, the child was dead and he had to raise that child? He threw everybody off. I'm sure they were discouraged because everyone was crying. He's dead and Jesus threw everybody out. I'm sure they were having their own struggles at that point. But guess what he did? He took his three disciples, but he picked the parents. They had to be there. They had to be there with the child. That's so important. Many times we're reading scriptures, but what you need to get out of scriptures is principles to live by. And those principles, they cannot fail. They never fail. So you can have confidence in those because God cannot fail himself. God and his word are one. It's not on that well. Let me read to you about Timothy. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15, Paul speaking, he says, When I call to remembrance the genuine faith. What kind of faith? Genuine faith. Not fake faith, but genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. This Timothy got great because of the grandmother. And the grandmother transferred that great faith to the mother, and the mother transferred the great faith to the son. Where is the dad? <laughs> it's so important, the role of a mother. So, so important. So important. You know, Elkanah was the husband of Hannah, Hannah the mother of Samuel. We probably wouldn't have known of anyone named Elkanah if it were not for Hannah. She was a praying mother. She wanted a, a son. And she cried out to God, I've got to have a son. It's not right. I'm a woman of, you know, in Israel. This is not right. And she suffered it, and she cried out to God. And a backsliding priest, or a backsliding pastor, said, go your way, woman. The God of Israel grant you your request. And instantly, a woman of faith, she changed. Now, it's one thing for a woman who is out there not knowing God, paying attention to your child, and it's a, it's a very big difference, there's a big difference when it comes to a woman of faith doing exactly the same thing. Because now you are not just doing a woman's thing, which God has already ordained for you, but now you have added the supernatural to it. And the results are always great. That's why I have confidence for my kids. Because we serve God. Amen? <laughs> and they can never fail. Because we serve God. I don't have to worry about it. I just know I serve God. My wife will serve God. And God's going to take care of our kids. If God doesn't, if there is no God, we're finished. It's all over. 
But I know there is a God, and I know He is alive. He has feelings. He knows the what I'm thinking. He knows what my wife's thinking. They belong to Him. He gave them to us. They are going to do well. Amen. Amen. They will do well. No doubt about it. They will. God's not dead. Is that not a moving elk? <laughs> God's still alive. But she prayed. And guess out of her prayer, you know what she did? She said, I'm not going to take him to the house of God. I'm going to let him stay with me for some time. And Samuel, when he was of age, she took him to the house of God. And the Bible writes about Samuel. It says, God, would, God never allowed one single word, Samuel said, to fall to the ground. He became one of the greatest prophets in the Old Testament. Because his mother was a woman of faith. And you know Mary was the woman of faith as well. Amen? And you know what happened out of that. Very important. The role of a mother in the, in the, in the, the house of God. Now, motherhood is a lot of ministry. It, it, motherhood is a huge ministry. Let me read from Titus chapter 2, verse 3 and five, uh, through 5. It says, The older women likewise, that they be reverent in behavior, nor slanderers, nor given to much wine, teachers of good things. Older ladies, is anything like that in America? No. <laughs> he says, teachers of good things, that they admonish the young women to what first? Love their husbands. And then to love their children. To be discreet, in other words, be wise. Chaste, be pure. Homemakers, make the home welcoming to everyone that's live, that lives in the home. Make the home welcoming so everybody is at peace. Good, obedient to their own husbands. The men love this part. Obedient to their own husbands. Oh, brothers like this ministry. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. You are not submitting to me. Yeah, but you never pray. You hardly ever read your Bible. The only scripture you remember, you know, is the submission time. That curse, you can if you even know the verse. Submit to me. <laughs> However, it's there in the scriptures. If you're gonna be a good mother. And and it tells you why. That the word of God may not be blasphemed. So motherhood is, is a great ministry. First is the ministry to the husband. Love their husband. Most husbands, all they need is respect. Respect. But there is another ministry to the husband. That must not go as well. It's very important. And a, a, a lot of ladies use this ministry uh, to make the husband submit. If he doesn't do this, he's not going to get you guys are too holy for me. Okay. 
I'm going to show him, okay? He's going to be hanging dry for a long time, you know. The guests are not able to come out. I'm thinking, I don't want to say a word. My wife's sitting right by me. <laughs> but we all know what we're talking about, right, man? Oh, they won't even say anything to me. You're on your own, brother. You're on your own, brother. <laughs> Speak for us, but you're on your own. But that's a, that's a serious ministry for the man. So there's ministry. And then there's ministry for the, for the children. To love the children. You have to love the children. Now, I read a story of how great this ministry is. This missionary went into a church to preach. And he kept telling them, you got to obey the Lord God. You got to go out. The people the peoples of the world, they're dying. We got to go to Egypt. You got to go to Nigeria. You got to go to Africa. We got to minister to them. Somebody needs to answer God's call. Listen to God. Listen to God. And then he gave an altar call. Please come. Obey God. We need to go to ministry. For, we need to go out to minister to the world for the Lord Jesus Christ. And this mother, she kept dragging her little son. And he wouldn't go. And she kept pulling him along. And they're watching. And she walked up to the minister and said, uh, I have heard the call of God. God called me to the ministry. And I'm yielding to God. And this little hidden that we see back here, that's the one to preach to. <laughs> so the ministry is to the child first. You got to minister to the child. So we love. There is power in the devotion of a wife. And a mother in the home. I want to close with this today. Jesus said just seven things while he was on the cross. Seven words. Seven things that he spoke about while he was on the cross. You know them. And every one of those had to do with what was going on in his life and what was happening to him. And I'm going to be addressing children today if you have a mother. No matter how old you are, if your mother is still alive. Jesus was on the cross. Everything he had to say had to do with what was happening to him and what he was doing on the cross. He was dying for the sins of the world. You know them. My God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? And then there was this argument between the thieves as to what was going on, and the priest kept accusing him. One of them heard the message and said, Today, you know, Master, remember me when you get to paradise. And Jesus says, Today, you will be with. Everything had to do with what he was doing on the cross. At first, go to Psalm 22. Jesus was quoting scriptures. Psalm 22, the same Psalm 22. My God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? It is finished, all of those. There's only one thing that was completely removed from what he was doing. Just one thing, one statement that was totally out of place, and yet very important to you and to me, and for us to gain understanding of the role of a mother in the life of 
in our lives. John 19, verse 25. It says, Now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Cleopas, and Mary Magdalene. So we got three Marys right there. Very popular name. It says, verse 26, When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing by, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to his disciple, the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her to his own home. And in fact, we are told this disciple is John. Mary, the mother of Jesus, according to what we are told, lived with John, the disciple, until she died. You can imagine what was going on there. Yet Jesus took time for his mother. He took time for his mother. Forgot, he forgot what he was doing that will affect the whole of creation. And yet, he brought his mother to let you know how important a mother is in a person's life. He brought his mother into it. In the whole redemption story, right there. But let me put this again, the importance of this. Right there, he knew, I'm living. Even after I'm raised from the dead, I'm not going to be here. My mother needs to be cared for. You see, the importance of that is, Jesus saw the pain that the mother was going through, and was going to relieve that somehow. When Jesus said to Mary, that's your son, John understood. Mary just had another son in the home. And John was that. Jesus was the oldest. He was supposed to take care of his mother after the dead, the, the father is gone. That's their thing. Now he transferred that over to John, and John took that in, took, took her in. What you need to know, he knows what you're going through and your pain. He'll make provision for it. Adequate provision for it. Amen? No matter how little your pain is, God will make adequate thing for you, provision for you. No matter what it is. If you're here this morning and you're hurting as a mother, he's saying, I'm going to take care of you. Amen? I'm going to take care of you. If your kids have abandoned you, he's going to take care of you. He's going to take care of your needs. He's going to meet your need. Because you are that important to him. Right there on the cross, he knew what would take care of Mary's needs. He knew who the, the person who was going to be able to do that. But more than that, a mother's place in the heart of a son Especially when you have been good to your son, he'll never forget you. Jesus demonstrated that. Mary was constantly hurt by everything people were saying about his son. Jesus knew it. Jesus knew it. 
I was very touched as I was reading that, uh, knowing the love between God and a human being that was transformed by the grace of God to be the mother, as the Catholics will say, the mother of God. But every son that you brought, every child that you brought into this world, there was divine hand in it as well. Amen? Take care of that child. Take care of that child. Every child, there was divine hand. He gave them to you. Do your best. Do your best. They won't forget you. He won't forget you. When you do your best. Amen? Bow your heads with me today. How many would like to commit your life to the Lord Jesus Christ? Maybe you know God before and you serve him, but you know you are not where you're supposed to be. Something is missing. But you need to know that you are an eternal soul. You will live forever. Why don't you turn your heart over to the Lord Jesus? Notice, God will not force himself on you until you say yes He's not coming in. You have to let him come in. And what you need to do this morning is just to lift your hand up and say, Yes, God, I want you in my life. He won't bother with you. You won't even feel his presence until you do this. But once you raise your hand this morning and you say, God, I need you in my life. I want you. He will immediately respond. If that's you, please raise your hand this morning. Do that right now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Father, we thank you. You all stand with me and we'll say this prayer together. Say with me, God, thank you for sending your son into the world to die for my sins. Today, I acknowledge you, Jesus of Nazareth, as the Lord of the universe. Today, I call you the Lord of my life. Come into my life and change my life. In Jesus' name, amen. What I need you to do is get your connection card, especially those of yours, everyone. If you made a decision for God, there's a part that says my decision today. Please check that out. Please check that out. Please check that out and uh, let God minister to you. Put that in the offering basket. And uh, also, all of our women, please come to the altar. Don't just leave. And uh, we want to have a picture of you. Okay, that's what I just got. Every woman, please come up just like you did before for a picture. Please be seated. We're going to be taking an offering. Our offering right now. If you need an offering envelope, please ask for one. I want to thank everyone for your giving. We have enough to do God's work. Uh, we don't beg because it's your obedience to the Lord that is blessing the Ark Fellowship. And from day one, God has always blessed our church because you are faithful in your giving. 
It's so good to have some of our children back from college today. I see some of them back here, and I'm so glad to see them. Uh, I feel like I need to keep them for a while. <laughs> Amen. You have your offering. Are we ready to give? Please raise your offering. The Lord will receive it from you if we're ready. Thank you, Lord God. Father, we thank you for the privilege to give to your work. We love you because you first loved us. You gave everything for us. And what we're giving to you is so little compared to what you've given so that we might have eternal life and that we might be blessed on the earth while we live on the earth. Receive from us today what you, a part of what you give to us and with joy we give to you in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Thank you. If you need prayers, our prayer partners are going to be up here. I encourage our prayer partners to please go to the side because all the ladies are coming uh, for a picture. Stand up with me this morning. You know one scripture, God says He is going to bless you so that you become a blessing. So I believe that He's already blessed you. So what I need you to do, turn around, shake somebody's hand, and tell them who you really are. I am a blessing. Amen. I am a blessing. That's who I am. I'm a blessing. I'm a blessing. <laughs>